Welcome to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. We help CEOs stop leaving money on the table while sustaining profitability to fund managed growth. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is basically CEOs helping other CEOs with tips, tools, and techniques to implement company projects or other work activities on time, on target, and on budget. Let's spend the next 30 minutes together with my guest CEO and maybe learn some different tools to put into your CEO toolbox. Welcome listeners to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is a podcast by CEOs for CEOs seeking to sustain execution excellence. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. All of my CEO guests successfully operate companies with annual revenues in excess of $3 million. Today, my guest is Scott Royal Smith, co-founder and founder and CEO of Royal Legal Solutions. Scott's company can be found at www.royallegalsolutions.com. Scott Royal Smith, thank you for being on the show today. Tell me, who is Scott Royal Smith? Uh, I'm just a dude, man. You know, <laughs> just a dude doing my thing. You know, um, I mean, I think it's it's kind of like one of those pieces, right? That there's a lot of facets that come into like who I am as a person. Like in my business life, of course, I'm a CEO and I've built a company starting in my living room. I have a law firm, law taxes, asset protection, estate planning. Started in my living room and now I have a company of about 40 people with five attorneys, 12 paralegals, and you know, and growing a, a company in that realm. I'm also oh, yeah. like I, I love also like outdoor adventure, especially in groups. So I love like caneering and hiking and rock climbing and dirt biking and all those wow. kind of things too. And I love uh, I love the work that I do with being able to give back to other people around how do you how do you upgrade your effectiveness? I mean, one of my my core goals in life is how many people can I help get to financial freedom? And wow. how do we do that? And one of the key components into doing that, even for just the average real estate investor, is a lot of the skills that I've learned as being a CEO. It's the basics of like what makes what makes businesses successful. What's the 80-20 that comes to that? And I love being able to have the really hard challenge in my life of how do I take really advanced concepts and then break them down for people so that way they're actionable to just the average uh, person, which is also the way that I train all my staff. So it's uh, that's who I am. Scott Royal Smith, you just said a mouthful. Yeah. And we're, we're going to try to digest some of that and, and, and let the people know, you know, because what I try to talk about is, is successes and failures. You know, you said, you said you didn't start out as a CEO of, of, emplo- of 40 employees. You didn't start out as a CEO at an office. You started out as a, as a lawyer at your desk in your home and you went from there. So tell me that starter story. How'd you, how'd, the, how'd you get started doing what you're doing right now? How'd the company start? Yeah, I mean, I, the whole thing actually started because I bought my fr- first transmission and auto repair shop when I was in law school. And I uh-huh. ended up buying it for like the back taxes for like $10,000. 
I ended up like flipping the business and the building to pay for my law school. And so I worked as a litigation attorney for a couple of years until I was making more money doing real estate investing and running my real estate investing business than I was being a lawyer. Wow. So I went into that full time and I got my own financial freedom, which I define as uh, when your passive income can equal your expenses. And I got that through doing my real estate investing business. And then people started asking me for help, which was how do you operationally run your investing business? How does the bookkeeping, the asset protection, the estate planning, the tax, the insurance, all of the operational components besides the actual deal the, the, or the what we would call in like a CEO world, that would be like our product or service, right? How does uh-huh. everything else have to work? Um, and that's what Royal Legal Solutions, my company, got built on is that principle of like, how do we do that for couple thousand real estate investors all over the country. Uh, so that's, that's how it started. And it was in my living room of me being like, okay, cool, I guess higher power, whatever you want to call it is saying you need to go help upskill people and how they can run their businesses. So that way they can get to the financial freedom looking for, cause they're not struggling with finding deals or struggling on how do they run a business. Well, I mean, when you say that, and, and I, I love to, to put the name together, Scott Royal Smith. It, it, it just sounds so elegant. So if you don't mind, I'm going to call yeah. you Scott Royal Smith. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as you look at it, when you just said what you just said, how would you build yourself? How would you brand yourself? Would you bring yourself a lawyer, a real estate investor, or both? I mean, how, how, how would you try to describe that to someone? Um, well, I think like the way that we I brand it to like any of the customers we work with is that like, hey, this is somebody that you can listen to as a, a asset protection attorney, tax attorney who also is in the same business you are, which is real estate investing. And mm-hmm. then from a branding perspective for like what's the core demographic of the people we help, small business owners and real estate investors. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Where my actual draw is at a fundamental level is um, is around these concepts of like, how do we become the best version of ourselves? And like, okay. what does that mean? Especially in a business context. There was always an interesting question in my mind that was about saying like, is life really separate than business? Or is life actually, and who I am in life actually a continuation of this other thing I'm doing in business? And actually they're really the same thing. One is just an expression of the other. And then the, the fundamental question comes in is saying like, if I'm able to improve how I show up in life and like who I am as a person and those skill sets that I have there, is there an ROI in my business? And my experience has been is like, that's the, that's not a 10 Xer. That's like a hundred Xer. And like me, how powerful that is. Let me ask you a question when, when, on that, would you, what you just said, you know, that sounds like a position you arrived at now. That's how you feel now. Were you always that way? Or when did you get that? When did you, when did you, you know, at one time, you know, at one time I was corporate Wayne, the other time I was fun Wayne, you got my, my Wayne at home, right? But at some point in time, they had to become the same person. When did that happen for you? When, when did you make your, your, your business life and your personal life blend and be the same? Um, well, for me, it was pretty natural because remember, I was just a dude with a laptop and a cell phone when I started. Okay. So this whole thing was just me. And I was like, I, I got to upskill on leadership skills, right? So uh-huh. I did the conferences and I did the books. But what uh-huh. I found out was I got conflicting information all the time. Uh-huh. I didn't know which lever to pull. I would, between one book would tell me in this situation, I should do X, another one would be Y. I'd be like, hey, if you really want to lead people, you need spreadsheets and you need KPIs and you need to understand your funnel of the workflow and you're going to manage and you're going to manage them there, right? It's like, uh-huh. cool, that's one way of doing leadership. 
What was the other way? Well, the other way would be like, hey, are you really tapping in to what's the core drivers of that individual? Such uh-huh. that you're really leading them in a way that they're self-motivated, self-actualized, coming to you with better solutions than you could ever think of of your own because they're that engaged in what they're doing and then aligned with like the core purpose of what's important to them. So okay. my, my experience was just me trying to lead myself and realizing okay. as I charted out my goals week over week, what things were I being successful at and which one's not? Wasn't a tool set problem that I wasn't monitoring the data of what I wanted to accomplish? Or was it that actually it's really clear what you need to do, Scott, and you're just not doing it, which was, hey, is this really aligned with the core values I am as a person? And how can I get my mind to resonate with that area? So that way I'll actually do that work. I think everybody coming from corporate has a really big challenge because you're caught into a bubble that is a judgmental bubble based upon the culture of whoever you're with. And you will likely not be able to grow yourself further than the culture of the organization that you're in. Because if you show up at that higher level, everybody else ain't going to like it. They're going to think, what is this? And how am I going to do that? So if you're going to go in that world of, hey, I'm really focused on my own personal development and how is that can influence? How do I show up in life? You probably got to be also ready to say, hey, I need to be looking for the organizations of people that are thinking the way I want to be thinking and surround myself with those people, because that's where you're going to line up professionally to be the most effective. And that's also where you're going to line up to be personally most fulfilled. Well, well, Scott Royal Smith, I hope you don't mind me saying that because I, I just love, I love to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Royal Smith, you know, let's talk about some of those early hurdles. In other words, you didn't become a superstar overnight. I mean, what are some of those hurdles you ran into? Some of those obstacles you ran into? Do you have to persevere and push yourself through? Tell me about one or two. Yeah, I mean, the hardest hurdles that I've run into is that I started in one place and then ended up in another. And it's usually around people. The people that I could attract into my world to say, who can help me with this problem? were really good at one part of the journey, right? But they actually didn't fly for the next part of the journey. Okay. You know, and like, how quickly do I need to transition from one to the other? What's appropriate there? What do I do with these ideas and concepts of being loyal to the people that helped me start? What's actually most supportive of me and the people that I'm serving inside of the company? What's actually most supportive of that individual? Now that they're in a role that they're not really being successful for, is that really good for them? Is it an act of kindness, actually, to be able to help them to the next place that they're actually going to be able to be fulfilled versus me? So it actually happened a lot with my initial, uh, my first partner that I had that was like my first hire, so to speak, right? Okay. And and he helped me build the company from the ground up, right? Um, He wasn't a lawyer, so he couldn't have participation in any of the equity of the company because there's some rules around that. Okay. Um, But there became a point where I had to say, hey, listen, you know, this is no longer the, the, the culture of the company, the culture of the direction we're going really isn't aligned for who you are and what's important to you, right? And so then how did I have that conversation with him about helping him be able to get clarity on what it is he really wanted? And how was he going to go about getting that and helping him see that what he really wanted wasn't actually staying in the company? Because that was really hard for him to, to stomach the idea of needing to leave. But once I could help guide him through the process of the self-discovery of what do you really want? Then we were able to work on it together and say, hey, great. Well, what's a plan that we can create that's going to help you move in that direction? And I gave him some financial support and other support so he could transition appropriately um, into it over the course of about a year or so. Um, but that that was really the hardest thing I've ever had to do because, you know, how how does it make you feel, right? When somebody's been with you from the very beginning, you're like, but you can't be here anymore. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you a question as, 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 you, as you said that, you know, because what you just said, there's someone in my audience that has an employee that they want to address, they want to get rid of, they were scared. They're scared to confront that employee. What gave you the gumption? What gave you 
to, to say, I got to do this. I either got to help this guy or move it on. Because help somebody out there with the thought process you went through. Yeah. So whenever I think about like this type of topic, right? Mm-hmm. And the question in my mind is always that those fundamental like Socratic thinking of like, what is the wise? What is uh-huh. the wise decision? Right. And I always, always wondered about that. Like, what is wisdom really? Right. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is probably knowing the process. Okay. Right? What do I do? What are the step-by-step things? Wisdom is knowing which process to pick. Okay. So when I'm going through this process now with anybody that I'm using, the first thing I do is I check in with myself. What's really going on? Is this a short term? Like you're just frustrated with this person? Uh-huh. Or is it like, is this coming up for you time and time again? That's like, Hey, the right move is this person needs to exit. And it's okay. become more and more clear. Now what gets really hard is if that person's an exceptionally good executor, okay. right? Cause we say, Hey, I'll stomach it. If you're okay. getting the job done, right? That's what a lot of us will do. And I think that's a very corporate kind of mentality, right? We armor up, we say, this stuff sucks. It's really painful for us. And I'm just going to stomach my way through it because I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I make a different decision, right? Well, and, and I lose the support. And, well, I, and I think you've come to the conclusion probably a long time ago in your life, you're not in business to make friends. I mean, you're in business to build a business and you, know, you could be a nice guy and, and, and be a mentor, but that doesn't build your business. Is that is that kind of the mindset you had also? I, I think it's a little different. When I say okay. you're not in business to make friends, I think a lot of people will take that term and they'll use it as an excuse for being a jerk, right? That's uh-huh. really, it's like the business is what matters. What I'm saying and what my, I'm a proponent of is saying it's a false dichotomy. It's okay. not actually the case that you actually have to either be in business just to make friends or in the business at the bottom line, that actually, if you take an approach that says, no, my, my goal is to be able to get this a business to align with what's true and what's real. And what's real is, is that person's actually not, is, is, is an energy drain to what needs to happen for uh-huh. us community. And the best thing I can do for myself, for that person, and for us as a community is to help that person see clearly that they're not the right fit for where they're at right now, and that they already know inside of themselves that that's true, but they're afraid to make a decision. You're afraid to make a decision that's different because you're afraid of what's going to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. You have to trust the fact of that truth that's inside of you that tells you that, hey, and it's coming up for you time and time again, is to say, listen, if I can align with that other person about what's going to be good for them and about them transitioning out of the company and how I can support them with the next phase of their life, that's not being me being a friend. That's me being a good human being to another human being. And if I do that thing and I do it in the right way, the entire energy level of the whole organization levels up because now that person is moved into a different place where they're going to be better off. All of us as an existing community will be better off. And if you do it that way, you don't have to worry about people having the blowback of being vindictive, right? About like, right. oh, we're just going to run and my whole world's going to collapse. No, if you come to people with the right intentions about being able to support them and getting into a role that's going to be better for them, which they already know is true, I guarantee mm-hmm. you, they already know that they're not doing a great job and they already know you're not happy with them, then what happens is they're actually helping facilitate their own replacement. And what we've seen happen over and over and over again in our teams is that we have a huge jump up in effectiveness every time that we do that. And, but it's always painful and it's always scary. Right. Never going to do that. And what helps is, is really great coaches, people to help coach you through because it's just as much your BS of what's going on inside of you as it is what's going on inside of the company and going inside the other person and having an outside voice is super effective for being able to help you regulate all that. Well, Scott Royal Smith, I'm going to tell you right now. There's someone in the audience 
that just said, thank you. There's someone who's been struggling with what you just went through and you help them think it through of how to make that happen. So I'll say thank you for sharing that with the audience. Yeah, I, wanna, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna kind of think about something from, from a second. You, 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 probably, you sound like a very analytical kind of guy and you sound like you, you make decisions, you think through things and you come to a good conclusion and move forward. As you look back over your career, do you think, can you think of, of that aha moment that got you for execution consistency? Because you seem to execute consistently now, day after day. What, what, what was that aha? What was that, that turning point where you started getting consistent and knew you were on the right track doing the right thing? Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me actually was actually, it wasn't one thing, it was a system of things. Okay. So what I actually have developed here, I actually have it next to me here. This is what I call, it's the Royal Life Planner. And in this book is actually where I put together all my tools of everything okay. that I do. And I teach on this every Monday to my group of real estate investors. Okay. The, the, the major pieces are, is it actually doesn't, you don't need a lot of sophistication to win. A lot of people are, I think, are trying to do way too much. When reality is, it's like, if you just hit base hits consistently, you're great. So my key focuses are now what I find to be most effective for me um, is to be able to say, great, who's the absolute best talent that I could get? And how do I vet that talent? That's my number one lever of success and being able to execute consistently is me not doing it because I okay. actually am not very good at doing it all the time, right? <laughs> I'm actually not amazing at being consistent all the time. Okay. I'm going to find really great people that are. Okay. And I'm going to set up parameters, which is what you would normally say is your KPIs or metrics of success for those people that say, hey, this is how you win working with me. You're going to win working with me if this improves. And like, let's get really lined up with that. It's very simple. It's usually five to eight metrics total. They say, this is how we understand how this system works at the highest level. This is what I'm going to talk to you about. I don't want to get into the minutiae past that. That's your job to get into the minutiae of how you're going to influence those five to eight numbers. But here's the five to eight numbers. Really, if we can get down to one to two, it's even more effective. And then my role comes in to say, I need to be consistent in support of who you are as one of the leaders in my organization. So how do I show up in our one-on-one -on -one meetings and impromptu meetings to keep uh -huh. a really clear pulse about what's going on with you? So uh -huh. that way, when you're off, I'm going to help you get back online, get back centered, get back focused of like what's happening, what's important and what's happening with you personally this is the really key piece. What's going on with you personally, either in your business life or personal life that I'm going to help talk to you about and coach you through. So that way we can eliminate the distractions of the things that are pulling your energy away from the focus on the execution and get back into execution. So I think right. that like the higher levels of leadership that I've gone to, the more that I could coach people through just coming to their own conclusions through simple questions, then that gave them that it, that it snapped them out of whatever the crap is of their vortex of their life that's spinning around them and gave them clarity to be like, cool, I'm now back on track and not distracted by the, the other million things. And it's never been easier to be a CEO. Honestly, being a CEO is the easiest job I've ever had in my life. Because wow. into well, it. Okay. Well, let, let me follow up on that. You guys, the CEO is the easiest job you ever had in your life. What makes you a good CEO now versus the second year you were in business? Yeah. The major piece of it is actually understanding what uh, all of the building blocks are of like, what's, a, what's the effective system. So the, pro the challenges I had really early starting out is I didn't know all the things to cover off on, right? Okay. I didn't know that like having five to eight metrics that clearly explained what the, and aligning with whoever my leader was in the team was uh -huh. so important. I didn't, I didn't understand that. I thought I could just yell at them to do better and to ship me one KPI. And, but they're like, well, I don't know how to influence. And I say, well, it's your job to make it better. 
well, how well am I helping that? What I learned is I need to help them break down how to understand what goes into influencing that number. Wow. I also didn't realize early on about how important it was. I thought that I could just tell people the technical answers uh-huh. of things and to have it even that like, okay, here's the technical answer of how you're going to influence this uh, lead metric to hit our lag metric that we want for our KPIs. Right. Uh-huh. And I'd say, cool, I fixed the problem. What I found was Fixing the problem in that 10 seconds meant that any variation of that problem, I also had to fix. So then I realized like, ah, actually the way I win is actually not solving your problem. It's actually being able to ask you questions to help facilitate you thinking through the problem the way I would think through the problem if you're struggling on it, because maybe that's not even the right way to think through the problem, but at least it's different, right? And it's And at least a different kind of thinking through the problem would be important. And so I can train you now week over week inside of our one-on-ones on how to think differently through the problems. The net impact of that is now people ask me, ask me, uh, well, come to me with a problem. I'll say, great. What do you think I would ask you about that problem? And they'll go through and ask me the questions that I've trained them, that I've done for them a thousand times. They're like, great. So now what do you think that you should do next? And then they spit out and say, great, cool. See you later. Let me know how it works out for you. I'll see you in a week. Scott Carl Smith, I, 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 I am thoroughly impressed with what you just said. It takes, uh, it takes a lot of people. I mean, it takes very few people. Very few people get there. And you said it so articulately. You said it so clear. And you said it so it makes sense to me and my audience. Now, what I want to kind of wrap up here with, if you had to pick one tip or tool or some kind of technique that you can offer to a CEO who's struggling with consistency, what would you offer them? It would depend. I'd have to probably talk to them to figure out why they're struggling with the consistency. Um, The major things that I would think that would come down to is, um, is the top three things that you need to accomplish this month clear? Is it it specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and time-bound? Is that clear? Is it clear to everybody on your team such that when you talk to them, that they'll be able to spit out, here's the top three things that we need to accomplish as a team this month. And then if you get down into any of your day-to-day or weekly meetings, can they immediately articulate for you, here's the top three things I need to accomplish during that week, right? This is how I'm going to measure success for my week on a project level versus on like a KPI level. What I found was, is if you just focus on the top three on any given time frame. And if your people have it top of mind that when you ask them about it, they can just rattle it off without being in their notes. What happens is, is that it gets programmed into their brain vis-a-vis the reticular activator to always be searching for a solution to that problem of what's the most efficient and effective way to go to that problem. What has to happen though, is the brain has to have it so front of mind that your reticular activator starts to scan the world around you passively for solutions to the problem. This is why people call it like a a, a magic or a spiritual concept. It's not. It's just a part of your brain that says once you're very clear about what you want and what success looks like in that category, your brain will naturally try to find the solutions for you in a way that you don't have to worry about. So instead of trying to like get through tons of training and skill sets and everything with all of my team, I just make sure they're super clear on what it is that we're trying to do. And then I, and I continue to talk to them about so that way they always have it top of mind. Where are we going? Why are we doing it? What are the top three that are coming through? And then boom, they're finding solutions that are all over the place. Connections that we need to make online or through bigger pockets or through our Discord channels or inside of the group coaching, whatever the case may be. It's like it's magic that solutions fall out of the sky, but it's not magic. It's just keeping one of the most important things top of mind that you can rattle them off at an instant into it and then giving people enough time to be able to find the solutions or report back to you of 
what did they think that was going to be effective? Why do they think that would be effective? And how does it relate to the problem that we set out to solve? Can I say, can I summarize that in one word? Yeah, please. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that was great. I mean, I, I, I sat there, I observed what you said. It makes sense. And it's realistic. In other words, everybody's on the same page of expectations, deliverables, and you know what you're trying to do right now. So I, I, I really love that. I'm going to make a transition as we get ready to close here, Scott Royal Smith. And the transition is, who's that guy behind the CEO title? Who, who's the guy that people want to know that Scott Royal Smith is without the CEO title? Yeah, man, I got to tell you, since that time I was like a little kid, I mean, if I really look back at it, uh -huh. I was always interested in what does the best life look like? What is the absolute pinnacle of what living this life journey, since I don't get a redo of it, right? Right. It's like, what's that going to be? And what's important to me about it? So I'm somebody who is fanatically thinking about what is the best life I can live, right? And then I've developed skills and uh, skills and scenarios and tools, skill sets and tools about how does one go about approaching that and not just being successful in business, but you know, how are you going to be successful financially, intellectually, socially, emotionally, spiritually with your family? What do all those things work? What does excellence look like in those areas of life? And how do we holistically look at that? Since I'm one individual, I'm the one individual that's a throughput in every area of my life, especially in my business. And if I look at these things holistically, do they all synergize together? to say, great, now I'm going to get more out of it. So if you want to know what I'm really about, I'm just about like, how in the world can I live the best possible life possible? Knowing that part of what I do is working and helping other people and making money doing it. But it's almost just like a small section of what's really important to me. Wow. You know, and, and you said so much today, man. I, I'm, I'm amazed at the content that we gather in this short half an hour, roughly conversation. Someone's going to want to reach out to you. Someone's going to want to contact you. How would my audience get a hold of you if they wanted to? Yeah. I mean, easiest thing to do is email me over at scott at royallegalsolutions.com. That's okay. um, just S-C-O-T-T -T at royallegalsolutions.com. Royal Legal Solutions, of course, is the name of the company. Um, yeah. If you just go ahead and email me over there, happy to connect with you and see um, if there's some way that I can be supportive of anybody that's here in the audience. Um, but also, you know, if you're somebody that's out there that says, hey, man, Scott, I think it's rad what you're doing. You're scaling up these systems to be able to help people through financial freedom and what you're doing, like a law, tax, insurance and investment firm that's all combined um, together, which is super unique. It doesn't exist anywhere else in the world uh, for people to be doing that for like the average um, investor. And you're, uh -huh. and, and you're in that audience. You're like, man, I could connect with Scott. I think I can really help them with some insights or coaching. I'm, I'm down for both. I'm always trying to recruit new people to teach me and help guide me to the next level of where I'm going to. And I'm always down to help other people uh, be able to have, have support and share with them about, hey, what's been effective for me uh, cool. to be able to give consistent, uh, consistent improvement over time. Well, Scott Royal Smith, I have to bring this thing to a close here. I want to respect my audience's time. I try to keep this roughly to a half an hour. So again, Scott Royal Smith and I, Wayne Washington, would like to thank you our audience of CEOs for sticking around for today's CEO to CEO conversation. If you have any questions or simply want to leave a comment, go to our, our website, CEO Secrets of Executing Success, and put some comments, put them in the show notes. I look forward to my audience coming back for the next episode where I will have another seven-figure revenue-generating CEO sharing their secrets for executing their company strategies. Wayne Washington, signing off for now. 
for the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. Wayne Washington here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. If you are a successful CEO of a seven-figure project-based client delivery environment and would like to be a guest CEO on the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast, please visit www.ceosecrets-execution.com and apply. If today you learned a tip or a technique to apply from my guest CEO, other CEOs would appreciate your sharing this episode on social media. To do that, just take a quick screenshot with your phone, then text it to another CEO or post that screenshot on social media. If you know of other CEOs who would be a great guest, text them and let them know about the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. The CEO you are thinking about would appreciate you including a link to the scheduling website. That's www.ceosecrets-execution.com. We are regularly putting out new episodes. To make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe today. Remember, your thumbs up rating or a five-star review goes a long way to help promote the show and would mean an awful lot to me and my team. Do you want to know more about my company, Grow Company Profits? Go to our website at www.growcompanyprofits.com. You can also follow me, Wayne Washington, on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to having you back for our next episode.